Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 46 called, Even to Your Old Age, I Will Carry You. We know what the prophet Hosea was asked to do. Go back to Isaiah 46. He was asked to marry a prostitute, allow her to cheat on him and endure through it as a living image of what God did for Israel. Why do we, why did Israel run to idols? Because we love the comparison game. To whom will you make my equal? Well, we love to compare things. We say, well, this or that. What should we do? Should I go to church or should I do this? Should I really follow Christ or should I live on the edge? And I would submit to you tonight that people who do not commit their lives to Christ or Christians who live nominal Christian lives do it because at the root of it is idolatry. There is something that has become more important than their knowledge of God. And it could be anything. It could be a person. It could be a sport. It could be a hobby. It could be anything. But the point is that if your heart starts to worship that above God, God says it's something that can be a ruin, a heavy burden to carry. They lifted up, this is the, speaking of the idol, 46.7 back in Isaiah. They lift it upon the shoulder and carry it. If you have to carry your idol, you need to ask some questions, man. They set it in its place. Okay, I want to make sure that it doesn't totter. It's secure. And it stands there. It does not move from its place. Though one may cry to it, it cannot answer. It cannot deliver him from his distress. This is it. You put it in the corner. Okay, I want to make sure you're all right today. Nobody knocked you over. You okay, my God? Just in case I need to cry out to you. And God says, remember this, verse 8. <laughs> just, you might want to just circle and highlight and underline that a bunch of times. Remember this and be assured, recall it to mind. And now God says to the one who says, you know, from the womb I bore you and I'm going to take you to your graying years. He says, you transgressors. If you have the NIV, it says you rebels. Remember this, fix it in mind, take it to heart, you rebels. I guess today we'd say, if we learn a lesson in our Christian walk, or if we come to Christ out of a life dominated by that which is false or idolatrous, it's good for us to kind of mark those moments. Or as a Christian, you know, if you go through a season where you took some hard lumps, you know, you're walking around with those big bruises on your head, I'm trying to learn how to walk. And you see a a little kid when they're trying to learn how to walk, they always have these huge goose eggs on their head, you know, because they find the corners of cabinets and things in your home. And you say, Learn how to walk. Yeah. And sometimes you see Christians like that. They got these big goose eggs. Oh, I know what happened to you. Yeah, hit my head on that again. Right? Well, that happens as a Christian. But when you got the goose egg on your head, maybe you should take a picture. Maybe you should just, and write some details on the back of that photo. This is the time when my idol was in the corner and it fell and hit me in the head. Okay, that was April 2000. Don't want to do that again. 
Because if you don't do that, if you don't mark that moment, guess what you'll do? You'll set it back up there. I'm sure it won't fall this time. And I'll try not to be under it when it falls. And then you'll start crying out to it again, and it's going to bonk you on the head again. See, that's what, that's what God is saying. He's saying, remember, please remember these lessons. Remember, take it to heart. Fix it in your mind. The word fix it in your mind has the idea of act rationally, obediently. <laughs> Do what's logical. Remember the former things long past. Verse 9. For I am God, I am El, the transcendent, glorious one. There is no other. I am God, Elohim, the God of fullness of divine attributes. And there is no one like me. Stop doing the comparison game. Stop trying to find life outside of me. And we all struggle with it, don't we? See, Israel is a living lesson for those of us who read the New Testament because we're supposed to learn from the things that they did wrong, right? We're supposed to learn from history. God says, I am the living God. Turn away from the lifeless dead idols. Declaring, God declares the end from the beginning. Remember, Bel and Nebo were supposed to determine the fate of men. They were supposed to chart the destinies of people. God says, nah, they're not going to do it. The one who's controlling this universe is God. And there's nobody else. People sometimes think, you know what? This person said that my f- they looked at my hand and they, they saw the distance of that line and they said, oh, oh, this is what's going to happen to you. And people walk around, that's my feet. Or you went to the Chinese restaurant and you opened the fortune cookie. And you said, oh, no. Right? If you said, oh, no, after you opened the fortune cookie, Don't say, oh, no, anymore. Eat the fortune cookie because they're pretty good. But don't worry about the little thing in there. It has nothing to do with your fate or your future. All the days that were written for you were written in his book before one of them came to pass. And when he decides that you've been here according to your time, and if you get taken into the graying years, praise God, then he will call you home. And that's trust. And that's what God was trying to get into his people's head. Trust me. I led you out of Egypt for a reason. I'm going to bring you back to your land for a reason. Just allow me to lead you. Don't embrace the idols because they're, they're bowing down too and they're being taken off into captivity too. See, I declare the end from the beginning. I'm the Alpha, the Omega. I'm the Aleph Tav. In Hebrew, we learned about the other night. The beginning and the end, that's Jesus. From ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. If you have the NIV, it says, I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come, I say, my purpose will stand, and this is our God, and I will do all that I please. No one is going to thwart the hand of God. So some people are looking at the scenarios in the world right now, me included, and we say, oh my goodness, we could be near the end times. You know, There's things unfolding. We sure could. And we should look at the signs of the times, but we should not fret. 
Why? Do you believe God's going to win? Do you believe that when those armies gather in the valley of Megiddo and they say, we're going to fight God. I heard he's coming from up there somewhere. How do you think that's going to go over? See, I like being on winning teams. That's a good majority of the reason I'm a Christian. (laughs) Right? So God says my purpose is going to be established. Read later in your devotional time uh, through the Hillel Psalms, but especially read Psalm 115 and 116, and I think it will call this to mind. Calling a bird of prey, look at 11, we're almost done. A bird of prey from the east, the man of my purpose, and I think commentators agree, this is now Cyrus coming from a far country to overturn Babylon and its idols. Truly I've spoken, truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned, this is the idea of him fashioning molding like the master potter. I have planned it, surely I will do it. Cyrus became a man of God's purpose. He became God's vessel. But I highlighted that and said, that's what I want to be. I want to be a man of God's purpose. Is that what you want to be? Do you want to be a man or a woman of God's purpose? God has declared, God has ordained good works from the foundation of the world that we should, what? Walk in them. The good works are there. The plan is there. You are his workmanship. You've been created for good works, good purposes that God declared beforehand that you should walk in them. Our job is simply to walk in them. And we were talking the other night, Chris, about our In our elders meeting, you did a devotion on the word walk, and the word walk is a synonym to live. We should live in them. Live in the promises. Pursue the purposes of God. These are the things that will last. Listen to me, God says. A couple final reminders. You stubborn-minded. Some of you may need to underline that. I did. I italicized it. The, The word means to be rigid and unbendable. Listen to me, you stubborn-minded who are far from righteousness. Now, when this is concluding, you're saying, man, I was really relishing the whole carry you from the womb, the footprints poem. I could picture it. I could picture the beach. But then he's calling me a rebel. Why? Because it's what you are. And it's what I am. When I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. It's not like somehow I had earned a spot. You know, God said, okay, now I think the cross can happen because he's, he's done 25 good things in the last week. No, that's not when God saved us. God saved us when we were yet enemies of him. Rebels, sinners, right? Here's the truth. Here's the gospel. I, says God, bring near what? Look at verse 13. My righteousness It is not far off, and my salvation will not delay. The whole book of Isaiah has been about a people not trying to save themselves through idolatry, but turning to the God who is the only one who can save the ends of the earth. Isaiah's name means the Lord is salvation. That's the book. And chapter 46 ends with, look, even though you are rebellious, stubborn-minded, rigid, unbendable, 
yet I will bring my righteousness. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini-sodes A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. We have just celebrated Easter, so the first series is on the resurrection. So if something is that, that's written down reflects poorly on what is being described or what is being reported on, if that reflects poorly... That lends to its credibility. Yes. Because normally we say, well, the writers are biased. Regardless, we're not just talking about the New Testament. Any writer's biased, they want to get their point of view across. But what shows their objectivity or attempt to be objective is when they include information or facts that reflect poorly on themselves or the narrative they're trying to push. Yes. And, and so let's take a step further towards that. So when the women go to the apostles who are supposed to be the brave followers of Christ, right. they say... The, the women have lost their minds, to paraphrase. They do. They're just crazy tales. They, they don't believe it, which is another embarrassment yeah. because, of course, the, the documents go on to say that Christ is risen and it becomes crystal clear. But the, the way that it, this is written down, and we believe it corresponds exactly to what happened, is that they don't believe. They have no faith. To listen to the Walk in Truth mini-sodes a step closer, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Again, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. There, the good works are there. The plan is there. You are his workmanship. You've been created for good works, good purposes that God declared beforehand that you should walk in them. Our job is simply to walk in them. And we were talking the other night, Chris, about our, in our elders meeting, you did a devotion on the word walk, and the word walk is a synonym to live. We should Live in them. Live in the promises. Pursue the purposes of God. These are the things that will last. Listen to me, God says. A couple final reminders. You stubborn-minded. Some of you may need to underline that. I did. I italicized it. The, the word means to be rigid and unbendable. Listen to me, you stubborn-minded who are far from righteousness. Now, when this is concluding, you're saying, man, I was really relishing the whole carry you from the womb, the footprints poem. I could picture it. I could picture the beach. But then he's calling me a rebel. Why? Because it's what you are. And it's what I am. When I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. It's not like... Somehow I had earned a spot. You know, God said, okay, now I think the cross can happen because he's, he's done 25 good things in the last week. No, that's not when God saved us. God saved us when we were yet enemies of him. Rebels, sinners, right? 
Here's the truth. Here's the gospel. I, says God, bring near what? Look at verse 13. My righteousness. It is not far off, and my salvation will not delay. The whole book of Isaiah has been about a people not trying to save themselves through idolatry, but turning to the God who is the only one who can save the ends of the earth. Isaiah's name means the Lord is salvation. That's the book. And chapter 46 ends with, look, even though you are rebellious, stubborn-minded, rigid, unbendable, yet I will bring my righteousness. It's not far off. I will bring my salvation. It will not delay. And I will grant salvation in Zion and my glory for Israel. And I walk around today, and some days, I have to tell you, I say, God, are you sure you've got the right guy? There are some days when I say, God, are you sure you want me to stand behind a pulpit and declare your truth to a generation? Why? Sometimes I can be very rebellious. Sometimes I can be very stubborn. Sometimes I can be very, you make your list. And God says, you know what, Michael? I'm working on you. I'm changing you. And you are going to be a trophy of my glory. See, your salvation didn't come to you because you earned it or you shaped an idol just right or you you did enough good things to outweigh your bad things. That's not how salvation comes. Salvation is a gift from God, not of works so that no one should So I'm going to be in heaven one day boasting in the cross of Jesus Christ, boasting in the glory of my God and saying, God, you loved a man like me into your kingdom and you told me from my mama's womb, I was born in sin and iniquity, right? Kicking and screaming, throwing the food off my high chair. Oh, they're so cute when they're young. Yeah, they have moments of cuteness, but they also throw the food and, you know, they think they're the center of the universe. You got to fix all that. And y'all know that. And you took me, and when I was, I, the idols were so heavy on my back, I was nearly eating dirt. You lifted them off of me, cleansed me in the blood of your son, imputed your righteousness to my account simply by placing faith in you and said, Michael, not only do I have a good purpose for you, not only are you going to be a vessel for me, I'm going to take you to your graying years and carry you into my kingdom where I will share my riches You will be a co-heir with my son forever and ever. And throughout the ages of eternity, Ephesians 2, I will be celebrating the kindness of my God in Jesus Christ. That's salvation. And the one thing that will keep you from that promise is the idol. It's saying, you know what, I can shape something that will make this work. I can get there on my own. I know this thing's going to work. And the nations that do that, man, they all, the peoples that do that, they all end up in the same place. Realizing that anything but God will not get you there. They all fall miserably short. It's like J. Vernon McGee once said. He said, look, you could, you could uh, get on a, uh, one of those uh, jetties or docks and you could try to jump to Catalina. Go to Newport Beach, right? And you'll try to jump to the island. And some of you will get farther than others. But ain't nobody making it to Catalina. 
You could say, I outjumped him. Yeah, but you're still in the water. And here's the point. There's one bridge. There's one Savior. That's why the cross. That's why we're in this Holy Week. To say, Lord, you bore my burden at the cross. You carried my sorrows at the cross. You were treated as though you had committed all my sins. You were treated as though you had turned to those idols, though you are innocent, holy, separate from sinners. You took my shame. Would you bow your hearts? Father, we are so grateful for this message of salvation in Jesus Christ. As we move to the latter half of the book of Isaiah, we see it come into fuller, fuller focus. We're coming up on Isaiah 52 and 53 and Isaiah 50 and just majestic chapters that prophesy to a nation gone astray, a coming redeemer. And that coming redeemer is God. God would come into the world to rescue his own. And Lord, your salvation is a gift. It's not far. And you have just simply made it a prayer away. And Lord, forgive us for all the idols that we allow to creep into our lives, even after we know you. Sometimes we don't destroy those things. Sometimes we allow them to still creep back in. But thanks be to God that though that does happen at times, Lord, you allow us to take another look to remember. That's why we come together. We remember what's important. And Lord, we want to just come a little closer to you tonight. We want to cast off the things that so easily entangle us. We want to celebrate the God of our salvation. We want to celebrate your promises that we can stand upon. We want to know that you're a burden-bearing God And you bear us up. And so whatever anxieties and fears you've brought into tonight, whatever heaviness you may feel, whatever shortcomings you feel like have just overwhelmed you, just just remember. Give him your anxiety, your cares, the weight that you feel, and maybe even an idol that you've let creep back in. Just shed it. And allow his spirit to come and just fill you tonight. Lord, bless the people that are seeking your face right now. Bless them with a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit. Wash over them with your living waters. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Even to Your Old Age, I Will Carry You, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 46. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station. How long have you been listening? Can you help us pay for airtime on this station? We'd be blessed if you could help us continue in this ministry. A monthly partnership of at least $5 a month is all we ask. That's like the price of a cup of coffee, unless you're really fancy. Anyway, if you're blessed by this ministry and believe others in your community can be too, please visit walkintruth.com now to donate. That's walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael before we go. Well, the bottom line in Isaiah 46, of course, is that we want to worship the Lord because he is worthy of our worship. He is our God. He is our good shepherd. He is the one true God. 
And when your life is aligned to him, you know him. It only makes sense if he made you. Knowing him would be the most important thing in your life. If you know him and you're walking with him, then he's going to bless you. He's going to strengthen you. And life will make sense. And, you know, hope will permeate every area of your life. Even though this world can be tough, relationships can be challenging. Sometimes we wrestle with our own flesh, the world, the enemy, all of that. We, we know walking with him is the best thing that we can do. Now, speaking of walking with him, this weekend, we have church services happening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. The church is in the city of Corona, and we do two Sunday morning services, 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Now, we're teaching through the incredible book of Philippians on Sunday mornings. Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., we're going through Exodus. If you'd like to join us or check out the live stream, you can get all the information, directions, what's happening at the church, Bible studies, youth, children's stuff, when you go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab. That's walkintruth.com. Hey, I'd love to meet you one of these Sundays if you come on out. So I know you'll enjoy the church. The worship is amazing. The people are amazing. Just check it out, walkintruth.com. Hey, if you're outside the area, make sure you connect with the body of Christ, serve the Lord, worship him. It's the blessing of life, and it's so wonderful to be part of the body of Christ. Continue to use your gifts for his glory, and we'll see you right here either Sunday or Monday. God bless. And join us on Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 47 called See the God's Fall. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.